you can hear us i mean i think you turned me up a little bit too loud but who knows no 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 oh what the fuck (laughs) it's going for round two it's just it's it's just not even listening to me at this point (laughs) it's going rogue people it's going rogue (laughs) it's not a podcast unless something goes wrong indeed all right how's everybody doing out there Hey, Shock Lobster, how's it going? Heyo. Um, yeah. So we recorded our uh, a ho- our holiday episode today. That'll be going yeah. up on Christmas Day, and that was uh, a fun- it was an episode. Fun? We'll call <laughs> it fun <laughs> with a question mark at the end. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't hate it. But maybe that was just coming back to recording after not recording for a few weeks. Yeah, that's also fair. Because you get in the routine of doing something for a while, and then whenever you stop doing it, you start to miss it for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And we definitely haven't been doing it for a while. Right. And then we're going to record next week, and then we're off for another week for the holidays again. Um, or we're off doing all of our holiday shenanigans. Yeah, which I guess I'm going to say up front, uh, for the live shows, we will also be taking two weeks off of those next week and the week after that for holidays give people some time off from having to do that one right yeah um but yeah i guess i will uh ask you robbie okay what's up what you been doing what you been watching well um like i was telling you guys beforehand uh been still working six days a week because of course i am because that's that's robbie yep <laughs> that's what he does. Uh, they're doing like a 12 days of christmas thing where i'm working at right now which is weird. Like the first day they gave us scratch tickets. Weird. Yeah. Cool though. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what they did the second day. I know the third day they had like the guess how many Hershey kisses are in the jar thing. Do you get which, the Hershey's kisses if you get it right? Uh, you get a $250 gift card if you get it right. Which better than Hershey's kisses. Yeah. <laughs> Debatable. Debatable. Wait, is it who's closest or who gets it right? I, good question, actually. Mm. For 250 bucks, it could be who gets it right. Yeah, true. Which to be fair, I actually did like look up online. Like I took a measurement of the... <laughs> of the glass container and then i got the area of it and then like found out the are uh, like the rough area of what a hershey's kisses is and i kind of added it together to get a rough a better idea of how much is in there actually for the job that you have it makes sense yeah that's actually <laughs> that's pretty fucking good yeah <laughs> so i did that um like i said uh cyberpunk came out recently yep so i've been playing that game because of course i am yeah of course you are mm-hmm. that's a, such a robbie thing to do yeah I mean, I am a CD Projekt Red fanboy, so that does make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and people people did overhype the hell out of that game, but it is really fun. Like, I, I wasn't, like, disappointed because it wasn't life-changing or anything like that, though I didn't expect that much out of it, like some people, apparently. I expect to really enjoy it in two or three months when they fixed everything and I can play it on PS5. Yeah. And have no problems. <laughs> I mean, you can play it on PS5, but yeah, without problems, that's another thing. Exactly. Hey, Jelly. Hey, Kyrie. Hey, Sam. 
And yeah, Shock Lobster, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077, playing it on my computer, which it's an experience on the computer. What's, uh, to give people some context of what you have going on in your rig, what do you have in there? So, I guess for the tech savvy of there, I have a Threadripper 1950 in there because whenever I got a new CPU, I went from the, like the old, um, oh, what did they call it? Bulldozer, like the old bulldozer CPU, like the uh, 8350, which is like, I think like a six year, like it's like a seven year old processor at this point in time. I went from that to like the Threadripper. And then I have like the, uh, I have a GTX 2080 in there and about like 32 gigs of RAM along with like just pure solid state storage. Like I spent too much money on my computer. I'll be the first to admit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it it's for reasons like this, because like that game is the first game that like, really pushes that computer yeah and like i was telling dry the story about how i turned everything up to the max on there and running at 1440p i was getting like 15 frames a second at one point in time absolutely insane yeah but (laughs) we're playing that um i have watched a couple of things Mm -hmm. like i did finish watching the killer bean thing that i told you about oh yeah yeah we had that conversation last week which i can say the exact same thing that i said beforehand about it it is basically John Wick, but in Veggie Tale, tale World, almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of a bunch of vegetables, it's a bunch of coffee beans. There was actually another movie that just came out that's from produ- one of the producers of John Wick. And it literally just fucking looks like John Wick, even. Like, what if John Wick, but older? Uh, even. Like, let me look up real quick. I mean, it... <sighs> I don't want to blame Liam Neeson, but I kind of want to blame Liam Neeson for that because if because of the Taken movies, they've been like badass old guy fights off a mob of people. Like that's just been a movie trope ever since the Taken movies. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, Keanu Reeves didn't start off as being super, super old with the John Wick stuff. Well, yeah, he was uh, older, but not like as old as he is now. Obviously. Yeah, uh, well, he was late 40s early 50s with that one with the first one yeah now he's late 50s yeah <laughs> which is quite a bit of a difference right um but yeah uh like i said i still blame Liam neeson for like older guy taking on a mob of gangsters kind of thing because you know it started with him and then it went on to denzel washington with like man on fire and the equalizer and then the john wick movies and all the other Liam neeson action movies that have come out <laughs> since <Yeah>. taken <laughs> That are basically taken, but in a different scenario. No, that's Shakaka? <laughs> yeah, I uh, misspelled Shocky in chat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, keep yeah, going. Shakaka is the is the bat from Ace Ventura. Shakaka. Shakaka. Um anyways. Uh, there's the, that whole thing. Um, I did I did forget to mention that I watched this anime called Kite. And the reason you'd find that interesting is because like I found it on like a list of like uh, all these animes that were so violent they got banned in certain countries. But uh, Kite in particular is like a 40 minute long or anime, or anime movie and apparently is actually quoted as Quentin Tarantino's favorite anime. Really? Yeah. Huh. Which is like super violent anime, so of course he likes it. Of course. Um. Also, uh, just before I uh, lose this, okay, the movie that came out that was from one of the producers of John Wick is called Nobody, and it stars Bob Odenkirk. What? Well, like kind of a ripped Bob Odenkirk. 
<laughs> and he's like 71 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say like he's super old at this point. Yeah. Let me let me see when Bob Odenkirk was born. I mean, that being said, like whenever Bob Odenkirk did um yeah, he was born in 62. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he's definitely in his 60s now. Yeah. And apparently super ripped because that's just a thing now. Yeah, that's just what you do now. That also being said, he was ripped whenever he did a Kung Pao into the fist, though, too. Bob Odenkirk? Are we thinking of the same guy? I don't think we are. Bob Odenkirk is Better Call Saul? Oh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Okay. <laughs> I gotta look up who that one is now. Yeah. Um, but no, Bob Odenkirk as, like, a ripped dude that's fucking people up is insane to look at in the trailer. Yeah, that that does sound weird. Yeah. <laughs> Saul Goodman beating the shit out of a whole bunch of people. Basically. <laughs> it's It's very strange, but it works. It works. But, like, it even has, like, the retired, like, mercenary, and here's, like, all right. my hidden gold and, like, all that kind of stuff. I guess another movie that did that was The Expendables. That was, like, the most retiree action movie ever. Yeah, that's, like, old man action movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Shocky is saying Steve Odkirk. Steve, okay, that's what it was, yeah. Definitely one of the Odenkirks. <laughs> yeah, Almost he's up there in age two. But once again, for Kung Pao, he was pretty ripped for that movie. Right, yeah, yeah. He was actually in pretty good shape, which he super fucking didn't need to be for that. I mean, to have, like, the Kung Fu aesthetic he did, but... Yeah, but that movie is so fucking stupid and silly and ridiculous. Like... Right. <laughs> if he was just, like, super out of shape, that would have just, like, played into the comedy of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, which him too he was born 1961 so he's roughly about the same age jesus the only difference is, is i think he's balding now yeah he's definitely going bald now cool cool <laughs> i can't wait for that sequel then <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that sequel ever is ever gonna come i think that was just meant to be a joke yeah that they're gonna make a sequel because never happened yeah like the um <clears throat> the whole thing with like uh showing stuff or our footage from the sequel was literally just them showing like all of the ridiculous. deleted se- the deleted scenes that didn't make it to the movie. Yeah, and like absolutely ridiculous bullshit. Yeah. Uh, also, Shocky, whenever you call in, uh, that's when you two can have your big long talk about uh, your love gasm for cyberpunk, <laughs> you and Robbie, and yeah. I'll listen and be like, man, that does sound like it'll be fun in a few months. <laughs> whenever all the bugs are taken out oh, of it. Uh, speaking of which, there is a Shocky. <laughs> hey, Shocky, you're live. I'm exactly overhyped my bit. <laughs> I wasn't planning on dominating the, uh, the show I do like with how... a varying onslaught of opinions. I do how, like how he's like, hey, you're live, and then your initial reaction was... <laughs> I yeah, all the bottles know, I should have put away my... I should have put away my damn cookies before, uh, <laughs> before dialing in. Fair, fair. <laughs> all right. But, you know, my love of Pecan Sandies just overlaps with everything. Mm. Wait, uh, what Sandies? God damn it. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I know where this is going. This is the caramel caramel argument. No, this is the burry berry argument. The man doesn't say words, right? It's a... It's an, it's awful. It's obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not everyone can be from the Midwest, There's a, Raya. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there was actually a kind of good meme from a couple weeks back that I reshared from one of my uh, 
English as a second language um, friends that said like uh, if you crack like if somebody is pronouncing a word wrong but using it correctly, that's because they they learned it from reading. So try not to be too harshly critical of that. No, that's whenever you know that they're a super nerd, and then you give them wedgies. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> just know how to pick your targets that's all just be like, hey what does this word and have it like be a weird complicated word and when they say it funny be like ah oh, fucking nerd and you like like nerd your... and then grab their whitey tighties and put it over their head yeah and break their glasses and steal their yeah. girlfriend <laughs> i know i know you've got an entire gimmick around messing uh with with people regarding knowing how to pronounce <laughs> cast member names <laughs> yeah so yeah. i'm not surprised that this is a thing for you too yeah, yeah, well, you know, you got to stick to the classics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's just his thing in general, because, like, another thing that I do is I play guitar left-handed, and Dry likes to give me shit for being left-handed. Yeah, you're a mutant. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, like, we were at a guitar center, and he was making a manager super uncomfortable because he kept on saying death to all left-handed people. And, like, the two left-handed guitars that they had on the wall, he kept on saying, like, if they pick that guitar off the wall, that's how you know you put them on the train. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah. Even the chatters are getting on my case about enunciation. There's a wicked stone out there. There's a wicked stone out there. I do say that, buddy. You don't go up there. Some things are better left dead. Yeah, well, you know, that's Maine. That's not Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> I guess one of the crazy I'm things sure about America, enough. though. Like, to me, one of the crazy things about America is pretty much every state has their own accent. The only one that doesn't is California, because California has all the actors, therefore they have to have all the accents. Anything East Coast is immediately the same exact state. Way to generalize, Dry. Way to generalize. <laughs> just immediately. Don't know. I'm so sorry. That's just how it works. That's science. Just like anything west coast of California. <laughs> exactly. See, now you're getting it. <laughs> and everything in the middle is where? Is Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mormons just fit in wherever they happen to go. They fall in the cracks, you know. I mean, all I have to do is say that you're just not sure about a certain subject and then a Mormon will show up and try to, you know, get you to join their religion because that has all the answers. Yeah. Also, Joseph thanks Smith for the share, all. Class of Pro. Much appreciated. <clears throat> so I got it. I got I think we should uh, get the fangasm out of the way. You guys. Let's start with you, Jeremy. What's up with Cyberpunk? What okay. you doing with that? All right. Well, I... Uh... I thought that one of the big things leading up to before the game released was um, like there was just a cloud of, of negativity for so many reasons before before the game launched. I mean, there was the controversy about the developer lying about um, exactly how much crunch that their developers were going to have to go through to get the game out. Sure. And some people wanted to see everybody boycott because of that. Which is insane, um, but yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I feel personally like there's a tug of war because on the one hand, I agree that like, you know, there should be some kind of comeuppance for um, these poor project planners and these really terrible 
um, executives that probably don't do much labor in their own free time in their own professional time. Meanwhile, um, you know, really putting the uh, putting the throttle up on uh, the developers, but yeah. you know, at the same time, this is the developers' work, and it's good. And you know, like, am I supporting the bad guys or am I supporting the developers here? It's yeah, I think it gets really it's a complicated foggy. Moral issue. Yeah. Um... That actually also did come up with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 mm-hmm. because, you know, there was yep. uh, nightmare stories about the crunch time that happened for that game. Oh, yeah. And then they yeah. found out that, you know, uh, all the developers and all the programmers and everything else, like they just made a base wage for that. So some of them are making, you know, 13, 14, 15 dollars an hour working on that game. And then once that game came out and became, you know, the however many platinum hit that it became the ceos ended up giving themselves like a 500 million dollar bonus based off of that like the developers just were told to go back to work that one was even worse though because they were i think that was the they there was a lot of news stories going around at the time so i might be confusing with another but there was a lot of news stories going on that one but yeah but like i remember if it's the same if it's rockstar the studio i'm thinking of or if the story is about rockstar i should say um, I remember there being a story of like, yeah, when this comes out and it does blah, 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 blah sales or blah, blah, blah with the critics, then you guys get a giant bonus. And then they're like, actually, no bonus. We get bonus. No bonus for you. Us bonus. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bonus, but just us. <laughs> right. I think that I think that's what happened with Rockstar, which is double shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing with like CD yeah, Projekt Red. Cause... Rockstar's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was well, just I was nailed, uh, a big. Oh, Jesus Christ! What? <laughs> just go, just go. Go ahead. No, you go. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, I will go. I will go. Um, a big thing about like the 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 rock star um, like culture that I remembered reading about when you know they were really in the news for it was that it sounded like their executives were like you know just terrible nightmare bro. Um type guys like the sexual harassment was straight up almost uncontrollable and no one wanted to say shit because um there was prestige for you know being part of rockstar that they didn't want to lose right the thing that i think is i would love just an unfiltered documentary on rockstar one of these days there have been a couple of documentaries a couple oh, of books yeah. but they're heavily edited because people don't want to get sued but ndas yeah yeah, like from a couple journalists who haven't been afraid to talk about it and like having some inside information about it. It seems like there really is just awful, awful behavior at the company in a way that feels almost like a frat house, especially in the early days, like just constant partying, constant crunch, drugs everywhere. And like it was widely accepted because that's what got the product out better and got the product out faster. Um now it seems to be more of like a corporate issue. Like maybe not as much parties, maybe not as much drugs going on constantly, um, but still just crunch and insane abusive behaviors from upper management that uh, yep. is just never talked about. Because yeah, like you said, there is a prestige when you're like, I work at Rockstar. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's insane. Yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to say is I know like part of the uh, controversy that came with CD Projekt Red is because they said that they were going to promise no crunch time for uh, Cyberpunk, which is one of the reasons it took so damn long for that game to come out to begin with, because apparently the crunch hours were 
uh, were horrible when it came to um, doing The Witcher 3. Uh-huh. And so they said that they weren't going to do that for a CD for not CD Projekt Red, for <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. But then they started doing crunch time whenever they realized that they were going to have to delay the game. And then they realized that they were in trouble and like, okay, well, we're going to have to do crunch in order to get this out. And like, because despite how much people praise online that like, you know, that there should be no crunch time and that people should be able to work without having to, you know, work these insane hours. As soon as a game, as soon as that game was delayed, people lost their fucking minds about it. Right. That's the thing. The same audience who was like, no crunch ever are also the people most of the time who are like, no, my game got delayed. How dare you? You, I paid money for this. I took right. a day off of work. How dare you do this to me? You've ruined my life now. Yeah. And like, is, it's awful. Yeah. It, it's an overstatement to do that. And like another thing I was saying earlier too was, uh, I remember hearing stories about people who like thought that this was going to be like the greatest thing since cocaine and sex were put together. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? The reason why I don't bother, like when I know I want to see a movie and when I know I'm I'm going to get a game on day one, I will avoid all media, all development process stuff because I want a completely clean, um, you know, pure experience with either the movie or, or uh, or the game in question. And it feels like when... The games that get followed the most during development are the ones that have the highest odds of disappointing people once they finally get them. Yeah. I mean, that did happen, well, for Cyberpunk, because a lot of people are disappointed with that game, even though the game itself, besides being buggy, is fine. It's a very fun game to play. If you like games like Borderlands or you like games like GTA, you'll love this game. But, like, people expected it to be, like, the greatest thing to ever happen to video game the video game industry even though it's a totally new platform for cd project red considering they've only made witcher games until they made this game the thing that i think is going to be really interesting with cyberpunk is that it seems to allow a very customizable experience to whatever version of that game you want to play like you want it to be a shooter you can totally play it as a shooter you want it to be an action stealth game you can play it as an action stealth game you want to just talk your way through and have like a graphic novel. You can basically fucking do that too. Yeah. Like there seems to be well, a way for anybody to I play the know. game. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that because my experience in the first few hours of the game is that there are a couple um, of areas you can go into where you can totally stealth it all and you'll be fine. And then there's other areas where it's like, maybe you can get away with choking out two or three people. But that's going to be it because, like, uh, it kind of feels like the way that um, uh, enemies pay attention to things, um, the way their lines of sight overlap, um, the way that they pay attention to distractions that you set off is really janky. And there's just some situations where there's so much overlap of the line of sight that you know you're going to be getting into a gunfight and you need to be ready for that. So I would say that the game is a very solid mix of, uh, of all of those things. And depending on how you sort your points will influence whether or not you have certain kinds of conflict resolution options, like later on down um, as stories develop in in missions that you're in because there's like one of the early missions 
if you had um, dumped a lot of points in a specific stat, you would have been able to choose an option to like immediately assassinate like um, this boss character that you were going to wind up fighting, or you were stuck talking through it. And if you invested a lot of points in the intelligence stat, you would have better dialogue options that would have changed that. So it seems that there are um, branching options that are influenced by your stats, but um, you're you're not going to be able to entirely get away without like getting into just straight up open massive gunfights on occasion. I just don't see that happening. I think part of it is also a learning curve with that game too, because there is like a learning curve that they just don't tell you. They like kind of put you in a way of like figure it out on your own. So like you said, it is possible to talk your way out of situations or stealth your way out of situations, but if you don't know uh, what stats to put what in, then you're not going to be able to do that realistically. Like a good example of mine is like, because this is just how I play RPGs is like, I try to have like a all around well done character. So like, like, oh, like this stat's a little bit lower than the rest. I'll put uh, points into this stat. So, so far in that game, that just means that I'm not very good at anything because I put (laughs) stats in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that it's more akin to like a Deus Ex? It's really close to Deus Ex. Yeah. I was like, say a that little was bit, one but... of the things that I felt after uh, after a few hours, after sorting some points, after because um, another thing that made me feel it was Deus Ex E is that there is uh, you can choose to be either completely lethal or you can do your best to be non-lethal wherever possible um and i don't know whether or not uh being um uh like i guess more more ethical about taking people out has (laughs) any influence in anything later on but i just feel better (laughs) about not killing everybody so i always try to um yeah i always try to like you know choke them out when uh when i get the opportunity um keep a silenced pistol on me that has a mod specific for um, knockouts. And then, like, if I feel like the plot just straight up says it doesn't matter whether or not these people live or die, then I whip out the machine gun and everybody dies. <laughs> I mean, that Hopping did happen with it. Yeah, with, like, the boss fight that you're talking about, I think I know the one you're talking about because the, uh, there was an option to sneak past him for me. And I was like, no, nah, fuck this, I'm killing him, and, like, got into this huge boss battle with him. Which I guess another thing I should say about that game, the enemies in that game are tanky, like not quite a division level, but it's getting there. Like there's bullet sponges. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit bullet spongy, but that didn't necessarily bother me, anyways, because like everybody in this weird future is half refrigerator parts, anyhow. <laughs> I mean, also like as Dry knows, I tend to play on hard mode a lot, so like even though they're tanky, I die in like three hits. Yeah, which I I just don't understand your necessity for this, but you you do you, Robbie. <laughs> yep. So what would you well, say like the thing that you're enjoying most about the game is, Jeremy and Robbie? Well, uh um I do kind of like the ability to like I'm a save scummer really bad, and if things don't go my way, I will reload to the earliest checkpoint and try it again until I get it right. And I think that plays into that, you know, learning curve thing that you said earlier, Robbie, because I think um, part of it is learning how the game just plain operates by being in it. But the other part 
is learning how the janky behavior works and learning how that's going to be exploitable as well. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like the, I like, I, it's kind of like, it gives me the same like, uh, enjoyment that Hitman does figuring out how to do stuff, you know, quiet. Yeah. And with minimal casualties. It is very much so many games that this feels comparable to. Yeah, it, it is very much a you play your own way because like the whole like non-lethal takedowns and like doing what you can to like, you know, use non-lethal mods on your guns and stuff like that. Weirdly enough, kind of reminds you of Metro, but that's how I played that game was very stealthy and like try to kill the least amount of people as humanly possible. And yeah. I felt a little bit of that in there. I feel a little bit of the deus ex when it comes to, you know, like the modding your character with um, cyberpunk features and um a little bit of gta with driving around on there and stuff like that uh i think for me what it is is it's kind of the freedom of that game that i enjoy and also like the the idea of the replayability because of how many different styles you can play the game as and like the game has three different intros to it so like you can be a street kid which you know you start off you know basically just like a street gangster or a corpo which is like someone who like worked his way up the corporate ladder or a nomad which is basically like you're part of a biker gang from what I can tell, but, and so like, technically I could probably play that game with, uh, with three different beginnings and get like three different outcomes of the game. Cause apparently people treat you differently counting on which one you, uh, yeah, which one you choose. And there was a side mission that I've done so far that gave me a dialogue option because I chose street kid. So yeah. So far. like the thing right, that I'm interested exactly. about with it a lot is when I eventually do get it. Cause there will be a point where I decide I want to really play the game. Right. Um, I'm interested to just walk around the city and kind of take that in during the night because that's really the closest thing to like a Blade Runner game, yeah. I think. Uh, besides, besides the crappy Blade Runner game that came out forever ago, this is the closest <laughs> thing to like a real Blade Runner experience. No, this one does because uh, there's like you see a lot of fake advertisements and a lot of billboards and stuff like that. And, like the TV screens are always playing ad- like there's literally channels of, on TV that are just ads. Yeah, yeah. Which you know kind of goes into like the whole Blade Runner feel of it. Yeah. And like the way that the buildings are structured yeah. and like so far cuz like early on in the game you're stuck in a lockdown which is kind of their way of like you know saying like you can't leave this area cuz it's the tutorial sure. level of island if you will. But um like even that like the city is super dense. Like I've still don't like I don't feel like I'm stuck in a in a place cuz there's so many things that I have not explored cuz everything is so densely populated in there which also gives a kind of a Blade Runner feel to it too. Yeah. The the other thing that I'm really interested yeah. in is to see once people really start playing around with like the dialogue trees and stuff like that and what you're able to do in it to see what kind of long-term ramifications these choices have. Right. Because Witcher was really good about having something very small that you do in the beginning of the game have a big impact at the end of it. So I'm, I'm wondering if yeah. they are able to pull that off again with this. And I think they kind well, of will. I know I am... I am like really far off from being able to weigh in on that because um, I totally get like Skyrim effect like right away with open world games. Like as <laughs> soon as I'm aware that like, you know, you are now free to wander about and do stuff. First thing I typically do is um, like just grab side missions and the city is peppered with um, little uh, events like um, there are. There are crimes being reported by the police that you can go and like either, you know, subdue or, or kill a bunch of um, gang members for whatever reason. Um, or <laughs> if the cops are getting shot at, 
sometimes, you know, you're able to get in there with the cops and take out um, the bad guys, too. Um, there's a lot of ways you can stay on the good side uh, of the cops, which is probably a pretty good idea. Because I think if they get angry enough at you, they throw the worst units in the game at you and you won't survive it. Hmm. Okay, so here's another question I have, I guess, about it. Um, How much of the side content feels unique and how much of it feels just kind of like repeatable? Like, oh, here's a randomly generated thing. Go do this. Like, does do side missions all feel handcrafted, I guess, is my question. Some of them feel like fetch quests. I'm not going to lie, but like apparently one of them is like find rogue taxis. But apparently there's like a huge payoff at the end of it, which actually also happened in the Witcher series because you told me about um, a threat, like a threat of things like whenever you're helping are uh, in the Witcher three spoilers for the game, I guess. Um, <laughs> whenever you're helping Dandelion, like build his little pub that he has, and, like you have to go and like find designers and find a band and like do all this kind of fetch quest stuff. And it mm-hmm. feels really dumb. And like it's one of those like you're a monster hunter. Why are you helping with this? And like, it basically ends with a murder mystery where you have yeah. to fight a vampire at the end of it. And I told dry that. And he's like, what? It's like, yeah, you didn't get that far. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I got, I got real tired of that. And so I just, I skipped it all and just did the end of that. Yeah, from, from what I was told of the, uh, like the side quest and fetch quest, like some of them, cause you have to do a, a certain amount of things to get to, you know, to get to the end of that, if you will. Right. That it kind of has that same feeling as like those quests did. Which I don't know if you'd like that or not, but some of them like feel like very like someone will call you and be like, "Hey, I need you to take care of this problem for me," kind of thing. And some of them like uh, the police quest that he was talking about. One of them that I came across was like, I was literally just walking to a mission and I walked into a basketball area wherever like these gangsters had these people in an execution line and they were getting ready to kill all of them. And one of them literally just said, "Yay, murder!" And then like they saw me and started shooting at me, so I had to start shooting back at them because. It was just like, there's no way I could sneak around it. They just saw me and I uh, had to fight them. And then that ended with cops chasing me afterwards because I fi- or, you know, was opening fire in the middle of a population area. Right, right. Yeah, you winged a civilian. No, I didn't even wing a civilian. Like, I shot at one per- Well, maybe I did because there's a bunch of them in an execution <laughs> line. I may, like, straight bullet may have hit them. <laughs> you know, poor N- NCP. All right. And NPC, yeah. poor NPC. He won't be able to go back to its NPC family and have NPC dinner. <laughs> cool. But yeah, like I don't know. I, I like the idea of the replayability of it, and I like the kind of like branching story arcs and everything. Like, so it's something that I'm excited about. But I think I did walk into it with it being cautious optimism. Right. It's like a good example of something like that would be like um. Like he like something else I was talking to E about earlier because I told him that he'd probably like the Metal Gear Rising series, and with that one, because uh, Hiro Kojima had done mostly just the Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid series at that point, so like he was really good at crafting stealth action games, but he never made like an over the top ninja action swordplay game before. So he hired Platinum Games to make Metal Gear Rising, so that way it would actually have fun gameplay. And he's just like, hey, here's a script for a game build a game around it to them yeah and like he did the script and he did the music and everything else to it but they did the game or the actual like gameplay elements of it and it worked out that way because and it's kind of that same thing i see with cd project red because it's going from like an, an open world fantasy setting wherever you have like some limited magical powers and you sword fight everything and that was really fun and like the first witcher game like it was just a game like people just like look at that and like oh it's part of something that became a lot greater and then like the witcher 3 be- 
basically became their magnum opus because they had gotten really good at making that style of game. And then this yeah. is their first time trying to make a open world first person shooter game, basically. So yeah. I guess I kind of pumped my brakes on my enthusiasm with it because I realized like this is a whole new thing for them. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts, Jeremy? On what part? Anything, I suppose. Any any last uh, cyberpunk thoughts before we move on? Um, I well, I think we talked a bit about like uh, all the um, stigma of uh, like the performance problems that seem to be plaguing both consoles mm-hmm, and computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was anxious after uh, hearing all that running the game, but I didn't have any issues whatsoever and like default settings for me were all mostly set to like you know ultra or or high but you know that's my computer's uh, an i9 with a with a GTX 2070 in it so it should be able to handle that but i also realized a little bit um later why i wasn't really having anywhere near the issues other people were describing was because I also don't go past like 1080 for resolution, right? So you know that doesn't tax the the system terribly hard, um, and yeah. it looks great. I mean, you're you're um, definitely right that it's got <clears throat> a very strong uh, Blade Runner aesthetic to it. You can clearly tell that the development was thoroughly influenced and informed by the by the Blade Runner aesthetic. Um, because it's all, you know, bright and neon and filthy. Yeah. You know, trash bags everywhere and whatnot. Um, there's so many things that I think are, like, not actual um, permanent world items and just, like, placeables that I can see where um, generating the physics for them can really make a, a video card suffer. But... Um, I think the thing that typically suffers the most is the AI when going anywhere near these things, because there's been a number of occasions where I've just been like walking along and like 60 trash bags will shoot from my left for, and all I can see is like one pedestrian, (laughs) like falling over on the street. And uh, I figure that, you know, the pedestrian must've tripped over some trash bags and sent them into fucking low level orbit. (laughs) because <laughs> the you know the physics have have their issues but <clears throat> i think that it's kind of like um how skyrim has physics issues and they're endearing and, th- and they're sort of fun to experience even if uh they're immersion breaking <clears throat> speaking of immersion that reminds me i saw um that there was a hot fix that had happened um yesterday and i looked it up and the hot and the patch notes were none too specific about um, the crashes that they fixed. So I followed the link into um, the forum to see what other people were saying about the the patch notes. And like the front page seemed to be filled with people like demanding that they put in a button that allows their character to walk slower so they can be they can have more role playing immersion in the environment weird <laughs> yeah yeah 
And I'm thinking, like, how immersed can you get in that environment with garbage bags zooming around at, like, 300 miles per hour when an NPC <laughs> walks over? <laughs> you know, is walking really going to increase your immersion all that much? It's the future. That's what trash bags do in the future. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Another man died today after being hit by a trash bullet. <laughs> Just yeah. like a bunch of, like, see, like, a couple at home, like, oh, those fucking trash bullets everywhere. I mean, yeah, I guess another well, thing that they did. I know why those death statistics are so high that they talk about <laughs> in the game. And another thing that they talk about in that game too, which also gives like the cyberpunk feel with like mega mega corporations and everything, is like um, they talked about right. like the the big players in the game. Like there's, I think, five different uh, corporations that are like the big players in there, and one of them was talking about how they give like the greatest vacation or uh, the the greatest vacation package out of any of the other companies six days a year. <laughs> and uh it was like 80 hour work weeks or something crazy like that and how it was like one of the best packages that you can get for if you're a family man nice yeah nice yeah. which there's Reminded, a lot of lore hidden there like that too i forget what show um this came from but it reminded me of this quote where somebody was um like uh, uh asking for some vacation time and the boss came back at him with like you're already on vacation from poverty Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that's something else I gotta see if I can find because, like, it was a fake notice, but or a fake uh, note that someone put of like a uh, uh, corporate policies for the company. But somebody took a picture of it and just put it on Facebook, and apparently a bunch of people got super fucking pissed about it. And like one of them was saying that, uh, like, you get like fifty six vacation days a year. They're called Saturdays and Sundays. Jesus, and it was like oh, things God. like that on there. And people but, wonder why we have unions. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, like all in all, like yeah. I'm excited to see what happens with that game. Like so far, I'm really enjoying it. Same. But yeah. uh, in that society, I mean, I've known from I, you know, I remember reading from from the start of it that like uh, Night City is supposed to be some kind of like anarcho-capitalist libertarian dream slash nightmare come true. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's living up to it. Uh, I will say this though, because like I said, I have the 2080. And so I have been playing with like the RTX settings on that game for like giving it nice lighting and everything. Um, mm -hmm. That tanks my frame rate on that game. Because like I actually have like the little thing up that shows what my frame rates are and everything. Really? And like, uh, you know, the main mission we have to go to Lizzie's bar. I, yeah, had I haven't done that yet. I did the uh, I did the one where you get the robot from the bad guy first. Okay, yeah, I did Lizzie's bar first with that one. But yeah, you're going up to that one next probably. Um, yes, there's a lot of neon inside of that bar. I'll just say that much. But because it had <laughs> RTX turned on for that, I was getting like 50 frames a second with like high to medium settings on that game. I walked into that bar with all the laser lights on the walls and the neon on the floor and like people's headgears reflecting off of everything. And it tanked my FPS down to like 12. <laughs> like just slideshow walking in there. I was like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And like just like hit the escape button really quick and like had to go and like turn RTX off and like it jumped up to like 70 frames a second with that. <laughs> so like the yeah, game needs work. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I forget which game it was that had RTX in it, but um, uh, earlier this year, but like I remember when uh, I enabled RTX, like my frame rates went up and the temperature of my card went down. Because and it looked great, but like 
like RTX when done a certain way or right as it were, it typically helps keep stress off of the car. But yeah. on the other hand, like a, a new game, which might have some code that needs to be worked on a bit. Um, that's also not that surprising. Yeah. Um, it's mostly not the RTX. The RTX is rather taxing. It's kind of like turning on hair works on a game. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's not so much that, but whenever RTX is turned on, usually DLSS is turned on with it. That takes the stress right. off of the card, which that's another one of those things. Like that's what gets my frame rate from 50 to 70 usually is that. Right. And what is your, um, uh, is yours set for that variable setting where, um, it only, um, kicks in when necessary. No, I don't think our, Oh, the DLSS adaptive. Yeah. DL- yeah. Adaptive DLSS. It was, but you know, whenever I walk into that bar and it tanked my frame rate, uh, that's whenever I just turned it off or turned it to, I think it was either balance or quality after that. But yeah, like uh, I don't, it's interesting what they're doing with like the technology when it comes to like the lighting and deal or and, you know, like DLSS to take the stress off the card and everything. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. Like the way that they talk about it is a lot like how they talk about tessellation back in the early days of NVIDIA back whenever like, like oh it's going to give everything texture and surface and it's going to make all the games look more realistic and amazing and then it went from like nobody cared to like it became a standard that people if it doesn't have tessellation then people notice uh yeah i don't know like um i've seen like like the big jump going from like a resolution higher than 1080 on our display for example I've seen a lot of side by side um, of games running at the same like bell, bells and whistles settings, and yeah. uh, I didn't see anything going on with the higher resolution displays that really made me say, "Yeah, I've got to jump um, to better dot pitch." Uh, so I figure, like, if I'm going to be happy with 1080 for for a while yet to come, I'll be able to play these games at like all sorts of high settings. And get away right. with it without too much trouble and that's what a lot of it is too like um a lot of the sh- like how they're saying that um cyberpunk will actually stress out even a bleeding edge system but it's mostly at 4k right exactly that's what i was figuring yeah dry we had i think that's exactly the lines of conversation we had about it yeah yeah basically yeah um yeah well cool that that is good to hear a couple of um happy play stories about that with all of the awful things going on around with that game and what people are saying <laughs> yeah it's nice to hear two people that are at least have been successful with playing it yeah like i said don't get me wrong there are yeah. definitely bugs like uh one of the first there's a side quest wherever because of course it's a cd project red game forever like you can fight your way up this ladder of like these underground boxing rings basically sure of course and uh, like the first one is like these twins and like one of the twins, like his lower body just started floating in the air and like orbiting around his body <laughs> during the middle of that fight. And then what sucked about his legs doing that is like he auto like he would like whenever he throw a punch, like no matter how far away he was from me, he would automatically come up like right up next to me. So I couldn't block from him because like I couldn't anticipate him going halfway across the um, the fighting ring to hit me. <laughs> and like just he just auto hit me every single time he did that great there's great. that and then like um once again during like that boss battle scene wherever he had to like 
turn on this uh, conveyor belt line in order to like get across it because it's you know being blocked by this um, thing that's in the way. I went to go turn that on. Uh, it wasn't going on the line. It just like started free flowing through the world. And like, so there's like trash flying through the world, like the trash bags that you're talking about. So like crazy things like that have happened when I tried overclocking my card, it just instantly crashes the game. So I can't like try to put more performance out of my graphics card for it or anything for that reason. But like, other than that, like besides the small stuff like that, like it's not a problem for me. Yeah. But then again, like neither was fallout 76. The, uh, the bugs in that game did not I didn't care about those yeah so well, I didn't manage to catch a screenshot of it but like I think I probably saw the the, the best glitch um, that I'll ever see in the whole game earlier today was um, uh, it was a side mission with uh, to, to kill a bunch of like bad gam- gang members and they were all too congested to um, to try and be stealthy with so I kicked things off by chucking a grenade into the middle of them. And this is an area that had like, you know, explosive canisters just sitting around and whatnot and a bunch of um, civilians around too. So the fight kicks off. Um, civilians are running um, everywhere. And one ran to my side just as a, like some straight fire hit an explosive canister and this explosive went off, and um, I was fairly sure it had killed the the pedestrian because it reduced the pedestrian to dismembered limbs and um, a like ragged, gory torso careening through my field of vision. And then, about three <laughs> seconds later, this pedestrian was back up and running away with its ragged torso. And it's disconnected, like, reanimated legs underneath it. Also, like, jagged and bloody and gory. And it ran off. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And then I thought, (laughs) oh, shit, I've got photo mode. So I start running around and trying to look for this guy. But he's gone. And I'm getting shot to pieces. And I'm like, man, fuck. If I was playing on PS4, I could have captured video. But no. Got to be on PC. (laughs) I would say you should be happy you're not playing on PS4 currently. Yeah. I, apparently <laughs> oh, they have a hard time. Yeah. Apparently like they're having like Assassin's Creed Unity level of bugs on that. Yeah. And right. perfor- that level of performance too. Yeah, not great. Not great. Yeah, and the frame rate is deplorable, I've heard as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was saying, like Unity, because like uh if I remember correctly, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity was running at 17 frames a second normally when it first came out on ps4 mm-hmm. and apparently cyberpunk isn't much better no no but let's uh switch the yeah. subject over to some film that was a good long discussion <laughs> on cyberpunk for like 50 minutes yeah <laughs> um i just want to say uh jeremy i have been watching a lot of lender kenny i think i've turned the okay. corner on it and i think i am enjoying it quite a bit okay. actually all right um oh, glad to hear yeah it's growing on you it really did because there's a lot of dumb jokes that running jokes like that that show right. is running joke the show like everything that they say is. is at some point brought back up again and like right. themes right. of jokes and stuff like that and it's right it's fun oh, it's right. just like... kind of fun yeah <laughs> yeah don't get near the ginger uh... <laughs> 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 um yeah like one of my favorite running jokes in it in the first season, I'm kind of, I'm a little sad. They didn't retire the joke, 
Uh, they've only brought it up like two more times since then. But season one had a really great running joke where every episode there's these there's three friends and one of them has a little sister who is extremely attractive, right? Katie. Katie, yes. And so whenever she like will say something or do something, one of the friends say, you know what? That's all I appreciate about you is and then whatever the thing is like, oh, is that what you appreciate about me? And then the brother is like, all right, I'm going to need you to take it down about 10, 15% there. And then next time's like 15, 20%. And that time after like 20, 25%, I need to take it down there. And then the season finale of that one, like, that's what I appreciate about you, Katie. Like, oh, is that what you appreciate about me? He's like, I'm going to need you to take about 30% <laughs> off of that there. I'm just going to say it. Your sister's hot. Okay. She's really hot. I don't care who knows it. And he starts running away because the brother's like the badass of the town. Nobody can beat the shit out of him. He's just super strong. Right. And he starts running away and he like makes it halfway through the field and he just like goes down to his knees and he like runs out of breath. It's, uh, it's such a fantastic way to like end that joke. I kind of <laughs> wish they retired it there, but yeah, it, it's really, really funny actually. Which uh, that company po- policy poster that the internet freaked out about for a little while there, mm-hmm. I did find it. It's meant to be a joke poster, but apparently someone posted <laughs> it at their actual job and people lost their shit. <laughs> of course. Because it's, uh, oh com- yeah, it's company policies. <clears throat> we no longer accept doctor's notes as proof of sickness. If you're able to go to the doctor, you're able to come to work. Personal days. Oh, Each employee will receive 104 personal days a year. They're called Saturdays and Sundays. Vacation days. All employees will take their vacation at the same time every year. Vacation days are as follows. January 1st, Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day, and December 25th. Thank you, management. Uh, I, could, I could see that at a few places being actually true. That's mm-hmm. the sad part. <laughs> I, I mean, believe look at the place- that that poster is legit in corporate Japan. <laughs> actually, I would believe it too. <laughs> I mean, look at the place I worked at for like a year and a half. Yeah. Like, I didn't even get vacation days there. If I didn't work, I didn't get paid. Yeah. So, like, Christmas, like, even though I was forced to take vacation days for Christmas, I just didn't get paid. So, like, I had a hard time paying my bills during Christmas. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's awful. Um, but, uh... The terrible thing about, like, uh, the Christmas period also is that that is one of the, one of the um, anchor points for um, fiscal year measurements. Which is why a shitload of layoffs tend to happen like mid December. Yeah. Right. Yep. Because they don't give a shit about the holidays. They just give a shit about hitting their financial um, goals for the fiscal year printout. Yeah. I mean, the job I had in Salt Lake City, they were very open about that or about their fiscal year returns and everything. So usually towards the end of the year, around Christmas time, that's whenever they offered a bunch of overtime to everybody because they're just trying to push as much product out as they possibly could at the end of the year. So they can try to boost their numbers. At least they're honest about it. Yeah. Um, but let's keep going on the film stuff here. Or uh, not film, I guess, but uh, yeah, uh, stuff that you've watched. I've watched stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a million little things. Watched episode two of that. It was less sad than the season opening. Um, still sad. <laughs> it was good though. I I, I enjoyed the show. <laughs> Like I said, it is sad bros, and that is what that show is. And I 110% understand why nobody would want to go into that show, because it is melodrama, but boy, boy, do I enjoy it. Yeah, which also, speaking of that, another thing I did watch is uh, Jell made me sit down and watch uh, If Anything Happens, I Love You. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then got mad because I didn't cry at the end. (laughs) Why didn't you cry, Robin? (laughs) 
Because I read the be- or I read the thing at the beginning, so I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> also, it's like twelve minutes, so yeah. not well, much attachment. It, time. I was going to say there's twelve minutes of that, but like uh, those uh, Thai life commercials, those life insurance commercials that went viral some years back. There's a couple of those that like legitimately made me cry. Yeah, those are good actually. Those yeah. were, I think we're more sadder than this. Yeah, but yeah, I, th- I I really do like that short. I think it's really well done. It is really well done. Like it was the animation was done very well. The pacing of it was done perfectly the actual emotional attachment to it, especially if you walk in not knowing what to expect of it is heart wrenching. Like it's very well done all around. Whoever did the animation, like Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other thing is Liz and I have kept watching Mayans. Uh, we watched the second episode and I think it's back on track for weird writing. Uh, like not having it, I should say. <laughs> um, it's it's gotten its sea legs again, I suppose. Like it feels like that show again, instead of like what the fuck is going on? Like this is just a weird tonal shift. Um, it it kind of retcons a lot of things that happened, I guess, but that's fine because it feels better. It feels better story, better character writing. So that's been enjoyable. Uh, and then just playing a lot of PS Five, obviously. But we've talked enough games, so I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Fair. Uh, anything else you've been watching, Robbie? Um. I mean, I did start kind of watching, uh, like I just started watching it one night, but uh, I started watching Sword Art Online again. Oh, weird. Why not? <laughs> uh, it's one of those because I watched the first season whenever it was just the first season. Like that was the only thing that came out. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Like maybe I'll continue watching it. And then like not only did they have other seasons of Sword Art Online, they ended up having like spinoff series of it. So yes, they did. Yeah. So I decided I was going to try to rewatch that again, but I figure I should probably start from the beginning. Sounds like a Robbie move. Yeah. (laughs) Which I will say, like, looking back at that and then looking at, like, the um, Ready Player One movie, I feel like they did Sword Art Art Online better when it came to, like, the VR MMO thing. But there's also more stakes in that one, too, considering, like, that the whole thing about that anime is, like, everyone's in this VR MMO, but they're stuck in there, and if they die in the MMO, then they die in real life. Yeah. Also... I just, again, I, just I know don't you like don't care, it. but I don't like Ready Player One at all. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't too crazy about the movie, but that's because I really like the book. And then there's people who even shit on the book. So the book sounds worse. I cannot imagine. Yeah. So book. I think I just kind of put that under like, I like it, but I understand why other people don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's just reference reference Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. I, I can't even argue that one. Uh, I've been watching anything else, Robbie not so much like i said i got stuck into cyberpunk and like even though i've played it for like maybe three or four days like i think i'm like six or seven hours into it yeah and like i haven't even gotten that far because i'm doing trying to do a bunch of side quests to it too and like doing a bunch of exploring around the city and everything and so like i haven't even gotten to the part wherever you meet um johnny silverhands which is keanu's character which is from what i understand a very large portion of the game like he's kind of the game yeah and like i haven't even gotten to that point in the game yet but that's because i'm just like exploring the city and like seeing what there is to offer and everything of that game yeah so because i've been putting so much time and effort into that game like i've been sleeping less because i'm playing that game kind (laughs) of thing so like because i've been putting all that effort in there i have been watching things because like i said i started watching sword on online and then cyberpunk came out yeah and everything else just went on the back burner also, I don't want to ignore uh, Sam's joke that she made earlier because it was really, really good. Whenever I ask what part you guys are appreciating about Cyberpunk the most, 
Uh, she said in chat the fact that they both have PCs, <laughs> which just just good. That's just good content. <laughs> I, d- I didn't want to let that sleep. That was great. <laughs> people who weren't in- oh, people who were listening to the archive should be able to hear that too. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to throw in a news story here. That I'm going to ask you if you've been watching anything, Jeremy. But uh, here's this news story: is um, the Justice League investigation of Joss Whedon and the upper management there has finally concluded. Um, I think uncoincidentally that announcement comes after Whedon left his other project at HBO last week or a couple weeks ago, or whenever that was. Uh, I don't think that is coincidental at all, actually. Probably not. Um, I also think that we're never really going to hear right. the details about everything that actually happened. Um, also, uh, Ray Fisher tweeted out and thanked the fans and stuff saying uh, over 80 people were interviewed for the Warner media's justice league investigation. A fair, thorough and protected process for witnesses was the first and most important step ensuring that action is taken is the next. Thank you all who lent their voice. So it seems kind of like um, everything that he was saying, it was factual and things were uh, really awful on set. Actually, it seems um, like I said, it's very, very, very unlikely that we're ever going to know the extent of everything that happened. I mean, I think that's a shitty thing about Hollywood, too, is because if it's making them money, no matter how shitty the people the person is who's making them the money, they'll defend them until they stop making the money. Right. Yeah. Which I think is exactly the case of what happened with Joss Whedon. Like, I think if his Justice League version would have made a billion dollars, this story would never have made it out. Right. And it's it's getting to that fact where like it just kind of goes along with like when it comes to these billion dollar corporations like it's just the cost of doing business for them mm-hmm. yeah like there's that yeah, between you that know and, they, uh, you know that they measured the uh the impact on profit that all this knowledge about him being a terrible person was against like um <clears throat> whether or not they would uh do better by cutting him loose yep right it was a cost benefits analysis at some point i'm sure there was like five lawyers in a room and a couple of economic experts in there with the CEOs. And they're like, right. all right, what kind of right. PR loss can we expect if we get rid of him versus keeping him? And it was a three hour meeting and they got lunch salads in the middle of it. And they all had a scotch at the end. And it was just a fine afternoon for them because it didn't actually mean anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's that like, I don't know if this is going to be in your uh, news story, but like the whole thing with Facebook too, and their anti or their anti-competition lawsuit that's happening right, right. now. Right, they have a lot of lawsuits against yeah, them right now. They do, and like the thing is, is like from what I can tell, like I guess there's even a meeting where Mark Zuckerberg had told his um, shareholders, like, yeah, I don't think these lawsuits are going to affect profits, like yeah. at all. Once you get so big, it doesn't really matter because you just have enough money to pay off the lawsuits, and then it's done, and you just keep going business as usual. Right. Um, the thing that I think was really interesting is that a bunch of states were suing them which I'm wondering what kind of outcome that'll be because they were saying that in order to get around the non-compete clauses in a lot of things um, and getting around monopoly laws is that instead of fighting the competition, they would just buy the competition out. Yeah, which is what they were doing. Like That's why they bought uh, Instagram. That's why they bought what apps, which yeah. is because they're saying like with Instagram, apparently that was considered to be a serious competition for them. And so they bought them out. Yeah, because like, I'll be fair. Someone throws nine hundred million dollars my way. Like, I'll, I'll probably cave in on whatever they're offering me. 
Yeah, I don't really care like, what they that's want. That's a lot of that's, fucking money. That's enough money to where I don't have to give a shit. Yeah, that, that is definitely <laughs> fucking. Yep, that is exactly what that is. <laughs> and the sad thing is, that's like a drop in the bucket for Mark Zuckerberg. Like another yeah. good example of something like that is like in 2018, all that bad PR that Wells Fargo got, and the actual fee that they had to pay was nothing. Yeah, like that's me. Like that was probably less substantial to their profit are to their profits than me actually going and buying a McDouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is it's mostly the workers that had to pay for that. Like a bunch of workers got fired because their management was telling them to do something shitty, mm-hmm. which is weirdly enough. Another thing that's actually happening with GameStop too, with like them trying to fight bankruptcy as much as they possibly can right now is they're throwing all these teenagers under the bus to keep their company afloat. Basically. Yeah. And it's it's not going to work. Uh, GameStop is just so far in the hole right now. I would be genuinely, genuinely shocked if they come out of the hole that they're in. I mean, they just have so many anti-consumer practices, right? That it makes you not want to shop there. Yeah, like I haven't shopped there in a long. Like I've been purposefully not because, like, sometimes I would actually go there and like just browse games just to like yeah do something. If I see something that catches my eye, I'm like yeah, I'll buy it kind of thing. But after hearing that, like I've been actively keeping myself from doing that for that reason yeah um, also pandemic but you know that's yeah, sure uh jeremy Whoa. it sounds like you're playing swat battle with your mic yeah <laughs> you are very far away from your mic right now and it just it sounds like you're smacking it around like a little kitty cat well crap the microphone is actually on my uh, uh, like a wireless headset, and I'm not sure how I got so distant from it. I think it's because the mic it's taking the microphone from your phone. Right. Yeah. So how the Podbean app works is it uses your m- phone as the microphone. Ah, uh, this stupid thing. Is this better? Yeah, yeah, you're very loud now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something that we found out with me because there's been a couple of times I was sitting oh. at home doing this and like I would walk away to go throw something away in the trash and then apparently I just disappeared. Yep. Like <laughs> mid-conversation. Like it was one of those like you can just hear me start to get further away as I went to go do my thing and then you'd hear me come back. Yep. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> so that'll be fun. All right, well, uh, I haven't really been watching much of anything, but uh, I've been digging. I'm like about like 11 years behind on South Park, and I've been gradually <laughs> like you know chipping away at season 15. 15. So, like, what's you know, going on in the season right now? What what's the, what was the political climate? I think that was Obama era. Yeah, it was. Um, what was the? Like, uh, I don't know, like, it, it feels like the, the, the mid-seasons are, like, just, the shows are kind of forget, forgettable. I would agree. Um, <laughs> but, like, gosh, what was the last thing? Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, a lot of, the, that one of the last shows I saw, actually, the, the last show I saw was the one about where um, they were doing a parody of the um, I Shouldn't Be Alive shows, except it was the kids um, heading out to ride like a zip line, but it turned out to be like uh, completely dreadful because it was part of a tour group. Yeah. 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 You were talking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> right. So I'm... Um, it would have been like, a, like uh, 11 years ago, I guess. Yeah. 
That's, that seems like so you know a, a lot so of topical humor that's super outdated. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm extremely interested to see if you're able to make it to that point. Um, like I would say the last, I think six years ago maybe is when those seasons were. Um, when they started having mm-hmm. actual plots go through the entire season and from season to season. Oh, continuity. Um, yeah. yeah. They started that up. They've gone a little, they've gone mostly away from that. I would say they have some of it still now, but I'm interested to see what you think of that stuff. Cause I remember people really, really hating those seasons. And I thought those were kind of the best South Park's ever been actually. <laughs> when it comes yeah, to, like, I don't know. It depends. Like uh, if the writing's actually good, like I would forgive them for changing the format, but there's some shows that, that like, um, I felt like uh, the X-Files started going to shit when they started um, harping more on um, like uh, the continuity plots than just sticking with the usual, um, you know, completely one episode encapsulated monster hunts that made the show what it was. Yeah, I think the first four seasons of X-Files is fucking golden. And after that, Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Nobody actually care about yeah. the aliens this much. That wasn't what made people watch the show. <laughs> right. It's like, maybe you'd like it if, if we took this stuff that you didn't like and turned it into a two hour movie. Wouldn't that be great? And then no, you're like, guys, no, they tried that like six times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really wanted to do that, but it just, it just wasn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So it, um, it, yeah, eventually like, I'm interested to see how you feel about that stuff. Yep. No, yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep I'll keep that in mind. I think the other thing I've been meaning to do um, is to uh, just sit down and, and get caught up on the second season of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I've been waiting for a couple more episodes of that to come out. I've seen a bunch of spoilers for it because it's impossible not to. Uh, you kind of have to expect that whenever something that's like so yeah. beloved by fans and fan base and stuff like that, and you're like in nerd right. groups like we are. You kind of have to expect that you're going to see some spoilers if you hold off on that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been um, real mild. I've managed to uh, avoid, I think, anything that um, really reveals like plot. But I know a big one that uh, I figured was going to happen eventually anyway, so it wasn't that big of a surprise. I know a couple of things, but I think mostly they're like dumb internet joke things and not like, holy shit, what the fuck is this kind of stuff. Right, right. But yeah. So yeah. for me on The Mandalorian is I, I still have yet to watch a single solitary episode. So I know for a fact I've <laughs> seen spoilers, but they mean absolutely nothing to me. Right. And then if you don't wait long enough, then you forget that you're spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> if I spend enough time in cyberpunk world, then I'll completely forget and I'll watch it and be completely surprised by everything. <laughs> simple. Yes, yeah, simple. Um, all right. Well, uh, I only have one more news story here, and it's one that we've been uh, coming back to quite a bit. Don't know why I went Southern there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Cause you're going to say quite a bit. You gotta be in the Southern accent. <laughs> yep, that. Yeah, apparently um, AMC uh, is in the news again for the same depressing reason. They have Ruh-ruh. come right out and said it uh, in January, which is only a couple weeks away. They will be out of money entirely. The number one largest theater company in the United States is going to be out of money which is crazy to think about. It's so awful to think about. Yeah. It does make sense for the pandemic and everything too. And like 
there's a lot of businesses I hope they have a bounce back. Like another thing is, uh, I guess for me being a guitarist, like Guitar Center, um, even though it's like, you know, the Walmart of music shops, sure. um, like they actually filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah. I th- I mean, a lot of things like that. Um, the the thing that I think is funny about it is Cinemark, which was number three yeah. uh, in the United States is jumping up to number one now because how they handle everything. Like they made from the very beginning, once things started opening for them again, they made snacks super cheap, um, which is where they make most of their money. So they're still making some sort of profit because people are still going in and buying cheap snacks. Right. And the other thing they did immediately was, Hey, give us a hundred dollars. We'll give you an entire theater room for you and 20 other people. Like su- that's super reasonable. And you can watch whatever movie you want, basically. Right. Um, and that honestly has kept them afloat. And AMC was slow going on all of that stuff. Um, as well as I think, honestly, AMC has their movie pass thing, which is three movies a week for 20 bucks. I think that probably hurt them a lot too, because great deal. Honestly, if you watch a lot of movies, that's a pretty good deal. Um, if, Something you did whenever you're going to movies every single night. Yeah, but that's the thing is, if you do take them up on that offer of three movies a week and you don't go in and buy snacks, they're losing money. Right. Like they're by them having that in place, they are making the bet that you're going to go in and want a drink and a popcorn and like a pretzel every time, which is like thirty twenty five dollar pretzels. Right. Like they they're expecting at some point during one of those. Let's say you go once a week even right. and you pay that twenty dollars a month. They're hoping to get a hundred dollars out of you in concession sales throughout that month, probably. So if you're the person that doesn't want to eat snacks, especially during a pandemic when they have extremely limited snacks because of the pandemic. Right. And you don't want to take your mask off, even if you do go to the theater, because that's just kind of you're insane to go. I, I went and saw Tenet and I feel like I was insane to do that, even even though yeah. nobody was in that fucking theater. The, I was going to say, the only thing I've really done publicly wise during this middle, the middle of this pandemic is I went to a wedding. Yeah. And I realized like halfway through nobody, like everybody was like shoulder to shoulder and nobody was wearing a mask. And I felt super uncomfortable the entire time. And like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to die here. Like, this is yeah. how I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be dead in two weeks. This is yeah. great. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. A friend of mine, um, he and his entire family all came down with COVID in one fell swoop back in like May when they went to a funeral. Jeez, that's just ironic about, you know, everybody yeah. at the funeral right well you know the irony is that everybody actually survived but everybody at the funeral <laughs> walked away with covid too jeez jeez that would be so fucking terrible yeah uh, also uh sam yep. says in chat and she's right it's uh it's a weird end of an era for a lot of places and yeah it is yeah. like there was like our i think arcades are were already struggling before this i think uh, if you find a real arcade that's open it's going to be such a fucking oddity. It already was weird. Now it's going to be even weirder. Right. That uh, museums too, actually. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the pandemic museums, uh, like a lot of them said, they're probably going to have to shut down because they could like, you know, they're struggling before the pandemic happened. Right. And then also things like, yeah. a, like, like, you know, venues for music and stuff like that. Like that's going to be a whole new experience too, because like they, they were doing very well, but like at the beginning of the pandemic, they're like, if we shut everything down for two weeks, we're uh, like the entire industry is going to lose $9 billion. And then we're now what? Nine, 10 months into that two week lockdown for them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Liz is saying in the chat here, um, that all of Cinemark's private screenings sell out fast and they do, they sell out, 
you have 20 minutes basically to buy those screens or else they're gone. Right. And they, they're making off of every theater probably, I don't know, $1,500, $2,000 a day off of that, which is so much more than they would be making otherwise. Right. Because you don't want to go and sit with a bunch of strangers. You it just sure don't. as hell, yeah, sure as hell beats paying rent on a lot that you're not using. Right, exactly. Um, and then she says, "Whoever's running Cinemark during the pandemic um, should run the country." <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, Sam is asking in the chat if you can watch what you want in the private screenings. They give you a list of like 15 movies. Uh, you can watch new ones or you can watch classics. But yeah, you have a lot, a lot of choices. And during Halloween, they had like a bunch of classic movies like Alien, they had Fr- uh, Friday the 13th, they had Nightmare on Elm Street's there. Um, they brought the Conjuring movies back, even The Nun, which was awful. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they just gave you like a ton of choices. And so, like, even Gremlins, they brought back. Uh, yeah. They brought back the 4K run of Gremlins for oh. it. And so, for $100, if you get 20 people in there, that's like nothing if everybody chips in. Right. That's honestly fucking nothing. And you can go and have a really well, great time. It's like five. Uh, if you get 20 people, it's $100 for the room. It's like five bucks a person. Right. Like, it's not bad at all. If I can't walk in there with my USB drive filled with pirated shit, then no deal. Well, you got to be a manager for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually uh, so. I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this, but like, I'm pretty sure people are like, yeah, shh if I said this is like whenever I was in job Corps, actually, because they had a movie theater there and uh, like he was always getting his hands on like the newest movies. And through that, that was the reason why is because he's pirating them, but nobody wanted to say anything because it's like one of the, because like the whole thing is like, if someone leaves campus and like goes and like walks to Walmart or something like that there, then there's a chance that they might get in trouble while they're out there. But if they stay on campus and they can like keep an eye on what they're doing. So that way, like, you know, they get in less trouble with the law. Like it makes the job core in general look better because like less their kids are getting in trouble and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so like, they just kind of turned a blind eye to it because it's one of those, it was like better overall, even though like he was like, it was questionable where he was getting those movies, but if they just didn't ask questions. Then like they can just turn a blind eye to it for like the, the greater good, if you will. <laughs> That's just funny. It's like, man, this movie hasn't even in theaters yet. How'd you get a hold of it? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I think it was fast five when it was still out in theaters, like I watched it at job Corps. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what, ha- I, I mean, it seems pretty apparent that AMC is just not going to be a thing. Yeah. And there was another news story going around that Cinemark actually is looking into buying those lots and kind of renovating them, making them Cinemark locations and I think they'll probably do that real slowly with a real small crew because it'll right. be cheaper that way and it'll be safer pandemic wise and stuff like that COVID wise and then when things become safer they can really get on that and they can be like boom look at all of these great locations right. and people will want to like rush out and go and do something social because people haven't been able to I yeah. think that's something that yeah. is also really scary about all this is that there are a bunch of tourist locations that are just gonna fail and fall down. And like, I think our, our, our little town where we come from, like it, tourism is what keeps that place going and right. even existing like it is. And I'm wondering if a lot of those places are going to shut down and like what that's going to mean for that community. Cause I think that community is already riddled with drugs and alcoholism and stuff like that. Right. I can't imagine what would happen if the tourist, um, 
attractions and stuff like that went down because that would be a loss of a ton of jobs people seasonally and just a number of other awful things that would ter- that would honestly destroy that community no I, I completely agree and it's not the only like that's pretty much all small town communities like that too because yeah. like it's not even just like where we grew up it's all the surrounding towns are like that too yeah like the thing and, that that i think is going to happen is whatever cities or towns or communities or whatever happen to keep a lot of those social things open or like like a lot of tourism locations open through all this so they just happen to be able to reopen when everything gets back to a more normal state I think those are the places that are going to really thrive because people are going to want to travel. People are going to want to go and do all these things. Even people that don't normally do that kind of stuff. Like even me, I hate traveling, but I'm kind of interested in traveling again after all of this. Uh, It's one of those things. Here's the horrible thing. Like gas has never been cheaper. This is like the absolute best time to plan a road trip. And the worst time to plan a road trip because you can't <laughs> fucking go anywhere. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's why gas prices are so, so cheap because people can't drive. The only reason I'm filling up my car all the time is because during a pandemic, I'm working six days a week. Yeah. But I think yeah, with essential personnel. Right. And I was going to say, I think that's kind of like the struggle with like me and dry too, because we're both essential personnel with our jobs. Right, quote unquote, quote unquote, essential. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the thing that's going to be interesting about the end of the pandemic, because the end of the pandemic will be the end of an era. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that are going to have to change because of that. And some things will recover, yeah, not everything will. And it's there's going to be changes, which is, you know, it's going to be interesting to see those changes. But at the same time, it's fucking terrifying for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I'm absolutely curious as to how things are just going to evolve. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'm clever enough to, to predict um, uh, any of these changes. So it'll be fascinating. But in the meanwhile, you're right. I mean, just the I'm surrounded by the consequences that, that suck as well. Like two of my favorite places to get coffee uh, on the campus that I work on, they're all closed now because um, it was announced uh, about a month and a half ago that our university is keeping the exact same um, format that allows students to just stay home and do their classes for home. Like 80% of the, um, uh, of the student body will never be on campus for the entire like 20, uh, 20, 2021 um, year. Right. Uh, yeah. It's murdering like some of the nicest businesses uh, on campus but, you know, at the same time, I'm still kind of hoping that these vacant spots will be filled back up with with good businesses. Maybe something new will uh, and good can come of it once the conditions are secured from. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm I find really interesting and very maybe haunting about the whole thing is that I think a lot of corporations and like office jobs and stuff like that are realizing because of this, they don't really need that office space. Right. Like they could, they can function just as well and sometimes better, I would say in some cases without having to rent that office space out and save millions of dollars on rent and all of that kind of stuff every year. Um, yeah. Like, and the other thing I think that is the other thing is that if they do realize that and decide like, Hey, we don't need these office spaces, the amount of abandoned buildings and um, upkeep, costs are going to be for like cities and states and stuff like that like this stuff either has to come down or other businesses are gonna have to find a way to fill that 
right. fill those areas. Because if not, you're just going to have rubble everywhere, I think, honestly. You're and gonna it's going to reach Detroit. Yeah, it's going to re- it's going to lead to like a Rust Belt situation for the entire United States, I think, honestly. Yeah. Which yeah, Facebook and Amazon are going to are going to buy up all those spaces and then they're going to secede and declare their own countries. <laughs> you might not be wrong. Uh, they're going to become the new Tyrell Corp. I could see a bunch of office spaces just becoming server farms, honestly. Yeah, I could see that, especially with like how things are going with online and everything. Um, yeah. It's actually one of those crazy things that like I found out recently because I watch a bunch of tech channels on YouTube is um, they've come out with the 100 terabyte SSDs, yeah. which they're using in server farms because it's one of those like uh, you're paying per server with those things. And so like the more storage you can cram in each server, the more right. it's gonna cost you or less it's going to cost you in the long run. So if you have 100 terabyte SSDs inside of a store, uh, 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 one of those chassis like it's going to cost a lot up front but like long run it's going to save you money kind of thing yeah but yeah like i can still see there being more server farms with like the more technology grows too uh the thing i was going to say that i'm kind of hoping for with this if like if uh the ant the, you know the anti-monopoly things that are happening with facebook continue and like people win like you know states win those cases and everything and like they're forced to sell some of their companies i hope that that does go into other companies like amazon because like that's another fucked up thing about this pandemic is like 20 percent of all small businesses are just permanently closed down forever yeah and then or, and then jeff bezos goes above 200 billion dollars in his you know his wealth hoard he is like jeff bezos is the human equivalent of a dragon in dnd <laughs> oh yeah but and a red like, one at that yeah definitely a red one um pure lawful evil yeah uh, I was going to say like Jeff Bezos, uh, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and a couple other billionaires became like, I think it's called our uh, central billionaire. I think is what it is. Whenever they're uh, right. above, above 100 or uh, $100 billion, like all of them are thriving yeah. very well in this pandemic. And then like basically the small, like all the small businesses are struggling to the point where like, you know, people can't even like put food on the table because of everything that's going on. And it's, it's fucking nuts. Yeah. And like uh, I said, that's why it's, yeah, it's I mean, interesting to see how this is all happening, but it's scary at the same time. Amazon business has absolutely swollen because of the pandemic conditions. Cause people will prefer to do their shopping where they never have to leave their house in these conditions. Right. But like dude has done like nothing to like pay back into um the the communities to um uh you know that have made him his hundred reflection yeah right you know because like when you take care when when money is spent at like um a small business then that money usually goes back into the community in some way shape or form but with um with amazon it's just basically getting pooled in an international bubble uh and i just i don't see bezos doing anything inside the country that's improving the the local economies at all and he could without hurting his revenue stream whatsoever it just you know it just mystifies me why like amazon doesn't like do more um within the country like they ought to 
because they don't have to yeah until it's, it's good pr yeah, they won't do it yeah i mean like <laughs> to give you an example of something like that jeff bezos had the most expensive divorce in the history of the world and it didn't affect him at all he's still making more money right based off of that and his then, divorce cost him more than i'm gonna make in my entire life oh yeah I, I think everybody <laughs> right. in this entire chat room or actually no i'll even say it even more everybody within the community that dry lives in and everyone in the apartment complex that I live in, all of us combined will probably never make as much money in our entire lifetime that he makes in a week. Yeah. It's, it's insane. insane. Yeah, didn't he console himself uh, after the divorce by more or less like putting the, the largest yacht, like luxury yacht in the world has ever known into the ocean just for him. I believe I wouldn't so. doubt it. I believe so. Yeah. But it it's just insane to think of stories like that, too, especially during this pandemic. And like I said, that's why I said, like, he's basically the real life equivalent of a D&D dragon. It's because he's just hoarding <laughs> all of this wealth. Falling rocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also. Uh, hi, is in a prince um, from Nigeria. Uh, good, awesome. I didn't know we had that reach. Yeah. Um, well, good morning, Nigeria. Yeah. We are unfortunately about to hit our hour and a half mark, which is our uh, goodbye and good night, because it is ten thirty at night where we're at right now. It's eleven thirty. Eleven thirty at night. <laughs> I know how to read clocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty three thirty because yes, because we, yes. we know nurses and they go by military time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, thank you for joining us for twenty five seconds. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we head out? Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Yeah, yeah. I guess since this is going to be our last live show for two weeks, <laughs> um, we should say, uh, hope you guys have a great holiday season. Hopefully, um, you get to video chat your family or talk to your family in some way during the holidays or be around them in a safe environment, if at all possible. Yeah. And just uh, enjoy avoid it. them if you hate them or, or that. that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but hopefully your holiday season is filled with greatness and fun. And hopefully for just a little while, you can forget what the world is right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say like to try to not leave on the depressing note of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just hopeful that like, I know that things aren't going to be just instantly better as soon as July or not July, January 1st <laughs> happens. And like the, the new year comes in for 2021. I know like it's not going to make everything better, but I'm at least hopeful that people will learn and that we can actually start to build better and become better communities and learn from this experience and rebuild yeah. and hopefully become a better society with everything that's been going on this year. Like hopefully we've at least learned <laughs> enough to at least start building to become better because we're definitely at that point or at that low point, it feels like. And I am a firm believer that like tough times do not last, but tough people do. And those tough people will help bring us, you know, to a better place. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that I hope that the last four years for the United States was an indication of the need for change. Yes, definitely. Instead of people seeing it as a return to the status quo. Right. Um, hopefully we can yeah learn off of that and build and become better because we're at such a low point that I feel like, well, I'm hoping 
that we at least start going up because I'm not going to say it can't get any worse because we've been spending the last four years saying it can't get any worse. I mean, we don't know what's oh, in the yeah. Earth. Nature <laughs> loves a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The phrase it can't get any worse loves to be said to the people who love to make things worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, but. Sam says in the chat, if you hate the holidays, then fuck the holidays. <laughs> and also, we've learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's spoken like somebody who has to work through the holidays. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to get a hold of us through email, you can do so at thelastonesinpodcast at gmail.com. Once more, that is thelastonesinpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on social media, Last Ones In, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, last one's in podcast. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, and we did it. We did a show. We, we did, did the thing. it. <laughs> um, thank you, Jeremy Shockey, for joining us in this one. That was a very long uh, cyberpunk discussion with a cap of uh, movies. Yeah. With a cap of <laughs> movies. I apologize. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I think it was very interesting, and it was good to see a different perspective for once. Right. I think Dry was. It was nice for him to hear a perspective that's positive on that game. Yeah. Because yeah. it's one of those, I think he was not as excited as me per se, but he was still excited to hear about the game. And then, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, like, I guess it's the thing for like maybe The Last of Us 2 also is because like I heard nothing but bad yes. about that game whenever mm -hmm. I first saw it. And like so far, I haven't played a whole lot of it. But what I played, I liked. It's good. It's good. But yep. uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, again, thank you everybody for listening um we'll see you uh in the new year yeah we'll see you new Eo, year saturnalia i don't know what that means <laughs> um <laughs> anyway uh you guys have a great one we'll talk to you in the new year on the live show keep an eye out for the rest of our end of the year content have a great one bye bye <laughs>